Hello and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. If you like today's content, visit my website for many resources on recovery from narcissistic abuse. The topic today is called the narcissistic sociopath, double the fun, double the danger. The tired and trendy diagnostic word that has invaded popular culture and is so pervasive that it threatens to diminish the gravity of a formidable and incurable mental sickness is the term narcissist. According to the internet, threads and um, coffee house um, convos, everybody is either a narcissist, dating a narcissist, raised by a narcissist, or knows a narcissist in some capacity. But what if I told you there is another cluster B disorder that is even worse? Can you possibly imagine something named the narcissistic sociopath? So you see, sociopathy, also known as antisocial personality disorder, or ASPD, can stand uh, by itself as a standalone condition, or it can be a hybrid version of narcissism and antisocial personality disorder that have been um, sort of put together and um, comorbidities. Both cluster B disorders and um, you know, along as the others, they're official in the DSM catalog of, of mental illnesses. So let's take a look at the blend of NPD and ASPD. And later we'll talk about the people who have um, other combinations that are maybe narcissistic psychopaths or maybe have uh, some traits of borderline disorder um, or things like that. But for right now, this is what we're going to do. So the narcissistic sociopaths demonstrate traits of both narcissistic and antisocial personality disorders. And with this combination of traits and tendencies, they include a profound lack of emotional empathy, reckless and impulsive behavior, charming false facades to mask a lack of identity and complete absence of morality ethics or virtue and of course the big one no remorse or guilt for how they harm other people the term sociopath and psychopath have often been used interchangeably as well the clinical term is antisocial personality disorder and can describe the sociopath or psychopath as well clearly there is some overlap quite a bit of overlap when attempting to categorize cluster B disorders. They're grouped together, you know, for a reason, and they have more commonalities than distinguishing differences. So antisocial personality disorder is diagnosed with specific criteria. They must have had a conduct disorder by the time they were 14 or 15 years old and show several traits. Conduct, conduct disorder would be things like oppositional defiant disorder and things like that that many young, younger children have and get diagnosed with. But then after that happens, um, they have to have at least four of these characteristics. So here's the first one. 
doesn't sustain long-term employment, fails to follow through with pretty much all things, sabotages, changes goals frequently, reinvents new self by moving, changing relationships frequently, changing locations where they live, perhaps relocating even to another state or another country. You know, you burn your bridges in one place, you got to go and start over. Number two, doesn't conform to social norms, breaks the law, believes they are above the law, has no real concept of right or wrong, disregards the truth as indicated by repeated lying, um, conning, not paying debts, manipulating, irresponsibility, exploiting, impulsiveness, or failure to plan ahead, um, moves around without a goal, aimlessness. So that's number two. Number three, recklessly disregards the safety of self or others. Number four, consistently irresponsible as indicated by repeated failure to sustain career or debts. Next one, lacks remorse and feels justified in having hurt, mistreated, or stolen from other people. There's always a reason why they do what they do. And it's called blame shifting when they blame the victim, which is exactly what they do. And they, I think they actually believe that. They have to make themselves to believe that so it doesn't interrupt their false uh, facade, their, their fantasy, magical thinking, delusional uh, view of themselves would be interrupted if they um, did not do this. So that's uh, why they blame other people and make it always someone else's fault. They're always the victim. Next one, they feel invincible. You know, uh, the sociopath believes that he's bulletproof. And all of the cluster B people in some way have this grandiosity where they feel like they're never going to be sick. They're never going to die. Uh, they are special. They are the chosen ones. They are ascended masters. <laughs> Next one, doesn't sustain monogamy and has no real uh, moral constructs. They are disloyal, unfaithful, um, and are known to have harems and groofies and all of that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's, um, a big one for a lot of people. Um, so four out of those, um, uh, that list that I just read to you, let's pause for a moment and take another look at this list. You know, aren't, aren't most, if not all of these criteria also descriptions of the pathological narcissist? You know, this isn't just sociopaths and psychopaths. The narcissist has these qualities as well. Loving a narcissist is a painful, life-changing experience. Malignant narcissists are malicious, contemptuous, um, destructive. Beneath that mask they, they wear, there's something really not okay back there. And they look a lot like sociopaths or psychopaths um, in many ways. What common ground do they share? Well, let's talk about the similarities for a second. Both narcissists and sociopaths share the following characteristics. First of all, they have charm and charisma. They have a kind of intelligence and they're clever. They're intuitive. They read people easily. They are 
but they're also unreliable, controlling, selfish, entitled, grandiose, opportunistic, and dishonest. They both lack insight. They are both self-unaware, ego-dystonic, lacking a personal identity. They have no ability to self-reflect um, or success in learning from their mistakes because you can't learn from your mistakes unless you self-reflect. They are all insincere, lack empathy and emotional responsive, responsiveness, and they create um, a false persona, a false facade. They exploit people terribly in any way that they can, and they are not interactional, but are transactional. And that's super important. They are not interactional. They are transactional. So everything is about getting something. So if they give you something, they expect to get it back twofold. And make no mistake, they keep record of every nice thing you, they do for you. You know, I think about this sometimes, all the nice things that my husband did for me all those years that we were together. He bought some front row tickets at an Andre Bocelli concert because he knew how much I loved opera. And that was the best birthday present I had ever had in my life. You know, of course, that's something I will not forget. Of course, that's going to get him tons of points and make me gush and have fuel and supply for him in gratitude for his generosity. Um, but, you know, that wasn't about me. That was about doing something so remarkable that he felt really good about how good he was. <laughs> is really what that was. He felt really good about how good he was. What a great, perfect loving, adoring, and dedicated husband to give such a, an over-the-top gift to the, to the wife, right? Um, but I don't think that's what that was about. Um, so differences, you know, there are some differences um, that separate the sociopath from the narcissist and whatnot. The sociopath is more calculating and might premeditate their actions in advance, while the narcissist is just out there seeking supply and fuel, and they're going to be more spontaneous and impulsive. If they have a plan, they don't stick with it. Narcissists often work hard to achieve success and fame and perfection because they seek attention, affection, and validation, and they exploit others along the way. In contrast, sociopaths con, steal, or exploit others in mere calculated and sneaky ways. Um, that fly under the radar a little bit. While the narcissist is love bombing their targeted source of fuel, the sociopath is breaking into houses and stealing everything. So, yeah, there are differences. Although both characters may be motivated to win at all costs, the narcissists are more interested in what you think of them. They need admiration from external sources. They have no object constancy. They have no internal interjects. They have the ones that they have snapshotted and put into their head, and then they Photoshop them and make you perfect and idealize you for a while, just for a while, temporarily. But they, um, it, it's just different. The sociopath couldn't care less about what other people think. The narcissist is less likely to discard or divorce their spouse and um, can continue the devaluation stage for years. But a sociopath 
they might be the ones to ghost or vanish more quickly, especially if they're exposed and they don't get what they want. So, you know, I think narcissists are in it for the long game. They are. They're, you know, they, if they can find somebody who's a good source of fuel and they have residual benefits like money and, and connections and networking and a house and, and they're, they're willing to parentify with the narcissist so that, you know, the, the two of them are both parenting one another and acting as, as the better mother, the, the good mother, the healthy mother that neither one of them had probably, you know, if he can find somebody that's willing to fulfill that role and won't complain and will look the other way and will do anything because they're so trauma bonded, they'll just do anything to hang on to them. You know, they could stay in it for decades, you know, nothing better might come along and they're not going to upgrade unless, you know, there's something that's better. They're not just going to cut and run and, hope to find somebody better. They'll have somebody already, um, you know, lined up before they go. So where do they intersect? These conditions can overlap and occur at the same time together, even though they have differences. Research suggests that the co-occurring diagnosis is fairly common. And they also say that having both NPD and ASPD tends to lead to worse mental health outcomes overall. So where do psychopaths fit into this? Well, psychopathy, like sociopathy, fits under the umbrella of ASPD. They're both antisocial. They're both more aggressive, overt, kind of like, you know, if you don't give me what I want, I'm not just going to manipulate and play the poor victim and be charming and so sweet and adorable and so polite and soft-spoken that you just cannot say no. They're not going to do that. The psychopath and the sociopath, uh, you know, will just uh, take it by force, whatever they want from you, and they're not going to tiptoe around it like the narcissist will using his charm. In fact, psychopathy in the DSM is not an actual mental health diagnosis. Some experts consider it more of an extreme type of ASPD. It is on a sort of a spectrum, like other things, and with psychopathy at one end, which is the most extreme form, showing a complete lack of empathy for others and criminal behavior much of the time and, and like no working sense of morality or right or wrong. People with sociopathy um, or less severe ASPD, um, you know, they might show some set of symptoms only to a much less profound degree. Think of sociopaths as ASPD on the shallow end and psychopathy as ASPD at the deep end. They overlap and share the same water in the pool. You know, they have a lot of the same qualities, but one is a lot more severe and inhibiting than the other. And that's how you know it's a personality disorder that makes them neurodivergent and mentally ill, is that when it interferes in the, their ability to have relationships or success and it impedes their um, uh, ability to um, be happy, healthy, whole people. They're just not that. Um, so is the narcissistic sociopath more dangerous? This is one of the last questions we'll talk about. 
Um, many blended species manifest an increased toxicity and predatory quality. Think of a golden doodle. Yeah, <laughs> no, really. The mix of um, the mix of breeds makes them sort of strong, uh, strange, and weird, right? And hyper and fast and really super smart, but just so strange. Okay, just kidding. Let's not talk about golden doodles. Let me let me back up. That's a bad example. I I've run into a lot of golden doodles lately. Seriously, if all people with NPD and ASPD are dangerous, um, then I think just accepting that that's certainly a possibility is going to put you in a better place. Because it goes without saying that if you start stacking mental illnesses on top of each other, it's going to create a more complicated and virulent set of symptoms and manifestations of those disorders and impediments. And in this case, less is better. The covert narcissist is deadly enough without adding in any new set of malignant traits and pathological conditions, right? He does enough damage just being a narcissist without having any of these other things. So, um, so in conclusion, although the cause of cluster B disorders like NPD and ASPD really aren't known, and they think that really probably narcissists are made, whereas psychopaths and sociopaths could be born, you know, they kind of lean that way. Like in more cases, that's true that, you know, the others are born that way, but narcissists are, are made by trauma and environment and all of that kind of thing. You know, we still have to say, you know, they're all sort of a trauma response in the, in the sense that, you know, just because you have a tendency to, for something, be predisposed, have some genetic condition that makes it more likely you're going to develop this disorder, you know, it's the environment that is the tipping point that pushes you over the edge. And if it's not a healthy environment, that's just a breeding ground for, um, for um, being not okay. Um, so we're researching it still. We're still learning. Um, we're looking at the biologically vulnerable children, the abuse that happens and neglect and the trauma and how it is impactful to them at a very early age from birth and how that could be the catalyst. Genetics and neurobiology are probably going to play a role with all these types of disorders, borderline and, and um, histrionic and dependent personality disorder. I have that one. Um, you know, genetics are, are can definitely... Um, be a factor in all of them, not just the psychopaths and sociopaths, but in all of the cluster B and maybe all of the cluster A, B, and C. You know, just um, as the assignation of blame is pointless, it is. It, it's a game with no winners, right? The causes are equally irrelevant. The important thing is to remember that, that these mentally unwell, unwell individuals are incapable of living regular neurotypical lives. They are gone. They're just gone. From, gone from the moment that you met them, no one was really there. Um, they are perpetual ghosts trapped in a non-reality, playing out different roles until the end. The topsy-turvy fantasy
that they dwell in is no place for people who can feel and heal and come home to themselves. In the end, you know, we all have to let go of the shared fantasy, the shared delusion, the shared psychosis that we enjoyed with our disordered, maladapted partner within PD. We have to let go of that and we have to find our way back to reality. That's where healthy people live, in reality. You can't live in la-la land forever. Well, I guess you can if you're a narcissist, but that's not, you know, that that's not a good thing. The narcissistic sociopath can never find peace or love or sanity. They can only pretend and convince themselves that they have it all when they really have nothing. So walk away and don't look back. It will break your heart, but at least you have one. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.